It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Turn up your volume. volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Marinero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire, back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a ball! Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle, une passe devant. Et c'est la You found the dogs! John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked a young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by... Energy Transportation Group, driven to be different. La TV. embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination. It's going to be sick. Aaron Arrow on this Thursday, December 21st, a little later than usual. Yes, a little later than usual because it is 10.55 p.m. Eastern. What's going on with my court? There we go. The mic is much better now. 10.55 p.m. Eastern. Why are we going so late? Well, because it was a late start, of course, for us Montrealers, for us living in Montreal, uh, because it started at 8 p.m. Eastern. Normally, we're accustomed to games starting at 7 p.m. Eastern or 7.30 p.m. Eastern. This one started at 8 o'clock, and this one uh, went to overtime. It went to overtime, and when all was said and done, Kirill the Thrill, Kirill Kaprasov scores the game-winning goal for the second game in a row for the Minnesota Wild in overtime and also by the same score, 4-3, because the Minnesota Wild beat the Boston Bruins last game by a score of 4-3. Kirill the Thrill, and once again tonight, it was Kirill the Thrill. There's a lot of positives in this hockey game, notably Uri Slavkowski, and it just seems that every time I asked the president of the Uri Slavkowski fan club, Grant McCagg, to join me. It seems like Uri has himself a heck of a hockey game. 
We're going to get to Grant in just a minute. But, of course, I want to let you know and remind you all that the SICK Podcast is brought to you in part by Energy Transportation Group, a leading full-service logistics provider serving all of North America. They are driven to be different. It's also brought to you in part by Labitta TV, brewed in Quebec and a winner of a dozen international awards. Labitta TV offers quality microbrewery beers made with premium ingredients for everyone's taste. Labitta TV, embrace your true nature. It's also brought to you in part by Playground. Over 600 machines, poker tournaments, and Playground casino games, daily promotions, unmatched customer service. Why go anywhere else? That's what I told my buddies. I'm going there tomorrow night, by the way. If you want to see me, I'll be there at Playground, located just over the Mercy Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. And of course, as you know, a couple of weeks ago, we welcomed Accent Insurance Solutions as a new sponsor to the SICK Podcast. You know, all insurance isn't created equal. And um, you know where to find the right solution for you, Accent insurance accent doesn't sell and in, uh, sell insurance they shop insurance for you to find the right product right on the money whatever your insurance needs home automobile or business and it's funny because when i saw accent's phone number i immediately thought of my good buddy sergio momesso because their number of course is 514-363-3636 and that's the number for you to call uh, as a matter of fact, stay tuned because a little bit later on in the show, I'm going to bring you the um, accent insurance moment of the game. I didn't have to look very long or hard for this one uh, because uh, it was pretty easy for me. I think it was pretty easy for you. Let's uh, wait and see uh, a little bit later on, of course, if uh, we both chose or both have the same accent insurance uh, solution moment of the game. Without further ado, I bring him in. He's a former scout in the Bob Ganey regime for the Montreal Canadiens of Recruits and Recruits.ca and also of the Recruits Draftcast podcast. Grant McCagg, how are you, my man? And president of the Urias uh, of Slavkovsky Fat Club, apparently. You know what? If he keeps playing like this, I'm going to be the vice president. <laughs> yeah. I should, uh, I should hit him up for like, just say, like, give me some dineros there. Oh yeah, I'll come you on know, Tony show all the time, and yeah. be a fifty goal scorer. That's probably yeah. going to happen one day, Grant. It's probably going to happen. No, but really, what a heck of a hockey game he had. Yeah, he had a real good one. Um, that's uh, how many multi point games has he had? Is that his first two point game or his second this season? You know. Yeah, it's his second. Uh, I do believe so. Um, and I mean, it's. I, I thought it was kind of cool the two points. You know, the way he got his points. You know. Shooting, trying to shoot, which he's yeah. been they've been telling him to do more. Yeah. And uh I mean he's finally getting a bit ro a reward for because he's been going to the front of the net hard. Like, you know, he's the best net front presence on the club, I think. And uh hadn't really been paying off for him. But you know, it did tonight with a sure it was a lucky bounce, but he was there and he's he was there all night standing uh screening the goalie and he's been doing it uh you know he does a lot of stuff away from the puck that you don't necessarily uh notice because it's uh it's 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 away from the puck right yeah of and, course uh, tonight and since he's been i think the last month he's been great in the corners he's been uh he's been going to the front of the net doing all the the you know blocking shots doing all the hard things um and finally getting rewarded for it with a couple of points tonight uh you know since he, since he played with Slav, uh with uh, Caulfield and and uh Suzuki yeah their uh their advanced stats have been great you know yeah 
and again tonight they're all like 90 percent expected goals uh i mean i was looking at the i was just looking at the stats there uh Slavkowski, what 78 percent corsi 79 percent fenwick 92 percent expected goals percentage i mean that's almost perfect right so yeah they're the they're starting to uh, the points are starting to come for that line because I think that they've uh, they've generated a ton of uh, offensive chances and it's 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 finally starting to pay off. And I'll agree with you in terms of the net front presence. I mean, when I think of going to the front of the net, getting his body there, and, and by the way, with each and every game, you're seeing that he's harder to get out of the way and he's harder to bump out of the way. Uh, and folks, yeah. for all of you watching on YouTube Live, on Facebook Live, and on Twitter Live, when Grant talks about, you know what, uh, play away from the puck, well, you know, scouts have the luxury, or one of the tools that they use, of course, is software, which breaks down every single shift of every single player if they want to. So Grant actually has the ability to go take a look at every one of Slavkowski's shifts and, and basically zero in on him if he wants to. And you can check out Grant, of course, on Twitter because he puts a lot of those clips of some things that you might not notice during the game that when you go back and you take a look at individual shifts, focusing primarily on a player, then you're able to pinpoint or he's able to pinpoint certain things out for you. And so, okay, why don't we do this? Let's take a look at the lines. If we can bring them up. There you have it. Uh, Suzuki, uh, once again, like Grant said with Caulfield and Slavkowski again, Evans centering Monahan and Anderson and, you gotta love Jake Evans. He's been he's been up there for a while now. Dvorak with Armia on his left and Gallagher on his right, and Stevens with Yulanin and Emil Heineman playing his first NHL game. Unfortunately for Emil, uh, he had less than six minutes to show. Matheson and Savard, Gouli and Barron, Struble and Kovacevic, and Samuel Montambo got the start in goal. Let's take a look at the score sheet, Grant, if we can. Yeah, so, let's look at that, Tony. Hey, here we go. <laughs> First period, it's Bowie <laughs> on the power play, assisted by Rossi and Kaprizov. And then Rossi, uh, about a minute and what was it, 35 seconds after Boldy had scored, assisted by Foligno and Bogosian. In the second period, it's uh, Caulfield and Suzuki assisting on David Savard's shot that goes up and over Gustafson in period number three. Here's one that Grant was talking about. All right. It goes from Matheson, um, takes a shot. Slavkowski's parked in front of the net. No, pardon me. Slavkowski takes the shot. Pardon me. Slavkowski takes the shot. Suzuki goes to the front of the net, puts his stick on the ice, and is able to get a, a, a piece of it, and then it basically falls right to his feet, and then he's able to jam it home pretty much into an empty cage. Faber with his second of the year on a power play. Goal was assisted by Kaprizov and Rossi. And at that point, you probably thought, okay, uh, Minnesota surrendered already a 2-0 lead. They're not going to surrender the 3-2 lead at home with 10 minutes to go. But you, once again, Uri Slavkowski ties this game when Matheson takes a shot and it deflects off of uh, – Savar takes a shot, pardon me. And it deflects off of Slavkowski. Uh, and then it goes off of Middleton, and it goes in. Um, and then they go to overtime. And we'll bring up the overtime. 
And there you have it. It's um, Faber to Johansson. Suzuki's a little late at getting at Johansson. Uh, Gouldy's trying to cut off the pass. It goes over Gouldy, right to Kaprizov, and Cole Caulfield watches Kaprizov snipe at home. I think there's a lot of positives in this game, Grant, but at the end of the day, who decided this game again? The biggest superstar on the ice. Yeah. And yeah. Kirill Kiprasov. I don't right. know. I think they, I think they overplayed Caulfield and Suzuki in the overtime too. I mean, they got they they played twenty three, both played over twenty two minutes, and I think they played at least three minutes out of the uh, overtime there. Yeah, I realize that they're the you know supposed to be the best guys, but uh, I don't know. Slaff was having a heck of a game. I think he could have had more than one shift in overtime. They don't. Uh, I mean, they're starting to use him a little bit in overtime, but he's still. Certainly, it, it's those two that, that that Marty leans on, and uh, they they were tired. You know, they'd been out there for yeah, minute and a half at least, and uh, it showed. You know, they couldn't. Uh, they just didn't have anything left. Unfortunately, I thought I thought Jake Evans did a great job in overtime. By the way, yeah, uh, pulling the penalty and and yeah, you know, applying pressure on the puck carrier, forcing a turnover, and then the Canadians are able to get the puck out of the zone because uh, Minnesota could have ended it earlier. Uh, we saw four-on-four four action for a while. And, um, you know, open ice, though, um, you know, you talked about Suzuki and Caulfield playing a lot, but Minnesota, did you see the way John Hines was throwing Kaprizov over the boards like almost every other shift? Let's go, let's yeah. go. Oh, yeah. And, and they're, 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 they're using, yeah, they're using they're using the basketball uh, strategy, right? Get, get, the, get the ball into the hands of the best player for basketball, get the puck onto the stick of the best player, for the Minnesota yeah. Wild and Kaprizov, he demands that puck, eh, Grant? Yeah, he's a, he's a heck of a heck of a player for sure. I, one interesting thing I noticed uh, when you were putting up the stats there, yeah, Montreal scored three goals, and four players had two points: Savard, Suzuki, Matheson, and Slavkovsky. How often you see that? That's uh, that's kind of a rare uh, a rare thing, you know? Yeah, that is rare. That yeah. is rare. You're right about that. Uh, Nick Suzuki, 24 minutes and 17 seconds, one goal, one assist, two points. Uh, <laughs> he had six shots in this hockey game. Suzuki was going tonight, boy. Uh, yeah. Slavkowski, 1741, one goal, one assist, two points. Uh, he was plus one and had a couple of shots in this hockey game. And uh, Cole Caulfield, the uh, third player on that line. Uh, had one assist in the hockey game, and he had four shots, 21-56. But uh, once again, uh, you know, Caulfield was good, but the other two players were better than him on that line. Yeah. I thought anyway. Well, yeah. But, uh, I mean, he's like, you know, the, the last time I was on there and Snake was on with us and, yeah, you know. I, I was thinking that when I was watching Caulfield tonight, like what he said about all he does is shoot. Like, Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Mother's Day is around the corner. 
Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah. He, uh, That's what I wanted uh, to do. He, he's making lots of, but he's making lots of plays this yeah, year. Yeah, he is making plays. Yeah, he is making you know, plays. He, I mean, he's all over the ice, and he's... Uh, He's keeping the puck in the zone, uh, um, forechecking well, and I think he's playing well defensively, and the stats have shown that. Um, Got the assist so, on the game-winning goal last game. Right, yeah. No, he's uh, he's more than just a shooter, I, I do believe, and I think that the games that he's played since then, you know, it's funny, he's talked about don't go to the net. Well, he went to the net quite yeah. a few times the next game. It's like, I, I don't know if he watches the broadcast or not, Tony, but it was like, you know, he did the exact opposite of what Snake said he does. Yeah. <laughs> the next game, you know, he was playmaking. He was all over the ice. He went to the front of the net. Um, and again, tonight, I thought he did. So, uh, yeah, I've been – and I thought Matheson had a just a wonderful game. He's just such a skater. He makes some plays. It just – Yeah, uh, Matheson like was even fine. Kula, Dave Poulin was gushing over it there at one point, and I was too. He just, uh, wow! I thought I thought Matheson, Matheson and Faber were were both terrific uh, on each side. And I, you know, it's funny they were talking about. Well, Faber's played thirty minutes three of the last four games. Uh, you know, all this and, um, but then they said, well, uh, Bedard's a runaway leader for the Calder, and Rossi's coming close. Well. As far as I'm concerned, Faber's the. I, I would I would put Faber right up there with Bedard as far as uh, oh, I Faber. hope he gets a nomination because they, they don't give enough credit to defensemen. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have great stats. Well, a defenseman doesn't have to have great stats. He's playing 30 minutes a game. Oh, and, he's, and, and he's he's terrific. He's the second most valuable rookie this season. Yeah, he's the second most valuable rookie. By the way, a great story for those who aren't aware, right? Kid's a Minnesota boy, uh, and they showed it on television tonight, as a matter of fact. I mean, he was going to watch games as a fan. He was sitting in the front row. He was cheering him on. There's video footage of him cheering on the Wild when they scored some goals and stuff like that, but drafted by the Los Angeles Kings uh, okay. in round two, 45th overall in 2020. And um, he ends up going over to Minnesota in the trade for Kevin Fiala. And yeah. uh, so a Minnesota boy who ends up, you know, being traded to go play back home. He's he, he played university in Minnesota, by the way, for three yeah. years. And and the kid's unbelievable. And I, I know a lot about this kid, Grant, because I picked him up in my pool. Now it's not just a points pool, it's uh it's a minutes played and it's a plus minus, and there's okay. a lot of a lot of points for that. All right. So that's why I picked him up in the pool. And uh, you know, he's he's doing really, really well. I, I like him. A lot. Grant, are, are you leading your pool? Uh, no, I'm last. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to explain to you my strategy, okay? There's 20 <laughs> people in the pool, yeah. and the 19 other people have been in it for three, four years or whatever it is, okay? Yeah. And so somebody backed out, so I came in. And when I came in, 
I got the last pick in the draft. So I automatically, they gave me the 20th pick in the draft. So I get 20 and 21, right? So the best players are gone. Right, right. Doesn't mean you can't win the pool. You can still win. But long story short, um, if you finish last, you have a 45% chance of getting the number one pick next year. So I'm doing what the Chicago Blackhawks did. Uh, you're tanking last year i'm tanking is basically okay, what gotcha. i'm doing yeah a lot of people in there they're like yeah i don't understand you're not starting a full roster you're starting guys that are on the ir yeah yeah don't worry about it i said no well don't worry about it all you right okay josh anderson first or what uh no no i didn't <laughs> i picked uh sebastian alho first and uh oh, well. yeah he's okay he's okay um <laughs> I, you know grant when you don't have a fourth line it's probably the least of your worries because you know, the most of your worries are when you don't have a first line or the most of your worries are when you don't have a first pairing on D, yeah. but they got to do something about this fourth line grant. They basically, they play six minutes a game. And so you talk about playing that the heck out of Suzuki and Caulfield and my buddy, Peter and coach St. Luke would be pretty happy that the Montreal Canadiens are double shifting their best players. I get that, but <laughs> it is an 82 games. You, you, you can't, you can't go on with a fourth line playing six minutes a game, Grant. Yeah. It's tough to get going, too, when you only play, you know. Yeah. I, three I, shifts I, the period. I think it sucks for Heinemann, you know. Like, he's playing yeah. his first game in the National Hockey League. He played less than six minutes. And I, and I mean, he, you know, he he looked responsible. Like, he was uh, away from the puck. I was keeping a pretty close eye on him because yeah. it's his first game. And, you know, he made, he did a lot of little things well. And, uh uh, you know, uh, was strong along yeah. the wall, back checked. Um, I thought he deserved, you know, to play a little more. And uh, and and I, even Yelon and I thought had some jump tonight. Yeah, and I would have liked to have seen him uh, be playing more than six, seven minutes because uh, certainly I don't understand why Yelonen has not gotten top nine opportunities while Armia keeps getting it. You know, I uh, yeah. Armia's back to you know the invisible Armia that yeah. It seems like what what do they got to do? Send him down every after every second game, and then yeah. it only seems like he plays well when he gets called up for that. Grant, I'll, I'll, game. I want to get to Armia in a second, but I just want to get back to Heineman if we can. Sure. Last season, he played uh, Heineman played eleven games with the Laval Rocket. And he scored seven goals. And uh, the time that he was down with the Rocket last year, uh, and this year he's got a goal in seven games, but the time he was down with the Rocket last year, he played with Stevens and Yelonen. So they got chemistry together. Not all the games, by the way, but a couple of games. Right. So they got some chemistry together. So they you know, they, yeah. they know each other a little bit. And I, I, I thought, okay, you know what? Give these guys 10 minutes tonight. We'll see what happens. But. Uh, didn't work out in that respect, which is which is too bad. Um, Josh Anderson, who's been pretty hot over the last couple of games, I thought it was a rather quiet game for Anderson yeah, tonight. That line, pretty much. I think Tony. One of the reasons why they only got six seven minutes is because the Canadians were trailing for the you know yeah spot all game right. Yeah, that's true too. Two nothing, and, and then three two. Yeah. So they were trying to get uh, you know Suzuki line out there as much as they could, I guess. But uh, do you um, think, do you think Marty St. Louis made a mistake by not dressing Pizzetta tonight against a team that has 
Foligno, who hits really hard and can drop the gloves. They got Pat Maroon. They got uh, they got Duhame, who's an energy player. Um, Godro's a big man. Um, Boldy's big. Erickson Eck is big. It's it's a pretty big team up front. You saw Bogosian lay the smackdown on 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 Brendan Gallagher. He, you know, just he slapped him around a couple of times. Was was you think that's a mistake by Marty St. Louis that he didn't have at least Pizzetta in the lineup tonight? Yeah, I, I, I thought that he'd play. And, and being a road game too, and they're on a road swing. And um yeah, I I agree. They didn't uh there wasn't a lot of size out there. Um, yeah. Anderson didn't really do anything physically tonight. Yeah. You know, it was uh, uh, the only guy that played with a bit of physical edge, I thought maybe was Struble. And, uh, um, but he's not the huge, biggest guy in the world, like size wise either. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's strong as an ox. Um, yeah. But I mean, <laughs> Only the second time in the last uh, 12 games that they got a point playing against Minnesota. So, yeah, you can only be so critical, I guess, you know, in, in Minnesota. Yeah, they haven't won there in like 11 or 12 years or they something were saying crazy. It was 12 years. Alex yeah. Hall was the goalie. Wow, the that, that's something. I was, you know, I asked the question regarding Pizzetta. I was on with George Larac and Stefan Gonzalez earlier today at BPM Sports Radio where I do a, uh, a daily hit uh, Monday to Friday at around 12.40 p.m. And and they had some good points. They asked me, what do you think of Pizzetta not in the lineup? And then they said, um, they said, well, and I said, I, I you know, Marty probably wants to see a Wolfpack mentality. And they haven't been, you know, abused all that much this season. I mean, how many games, 30-plus games into the season – how many games did you say, ah, they could use a little bit of size or they could use some physicality or someone who could drop the gloves? Maybe the only game was in Buffalo, right? But then they came back and they had a very, very good point. And they said, well, Minnesota's a big team. Chicago's not. You're playing in Chicago tomorrow night. Why don't you just play Pizzetta in Minnesota and give them a rest in Chicago? It's a good point. Yeah. It's a good point. I, I mean, I, you know. No, I, I can't I, argue I, with it. I you know, I, uh, I would have, I would have asked Marty the question if I would have been there and say, "Hey, Marty, you know." Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm glad that Haneman. Uh, they're, they're calling him Haneman, I guess. And it's Miro Haskinen now. Uh, yeah. Apparently, you pronounce the E I A. Okay. Now, uh, Haneman. He, um, uh, you know, I'm glad he got in the lineup, and I don't think Yolonen should have been out, but I, I personally would have taken out Armia and had Pizzetta in there. You know? What a stupid penalty Armia took tonight. By the way, oh. the penalty on Caulfield was bullshit. Yeah, there were a few of those tonight, Tony. I don't normally get that worked up about the officiating, but there had there were four or five calls that just made me shake my head, you know. Even yeah. the interference call that matheson got or whatever at the start of that power play and there were there, there was four or five and why did bogosian not get it five minutes you know like you, For, you you punch a guy you you drop your gloves and you punch a guy that doesn't like i don't didn't understand why he didn't get five for that yeah yeah you know? no no i hear you it was just one of those nights where 
considering that I think that the the officiating w- was poor at best, uh, road game, Minnesota, who are they never win, to get a point out of it, uh, I'll take it. You know, I think uh, starting this road swing, uh, if if you'd have said that they'd get three points on this road trip, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised. And they already have three, so uh, so far so good. Uh, an encouraging start to this uh, very pivotal swing because if they end up losing like six of the seven, yeah. they're out. They're definitely out of the race. And I, you know, they they want to stay in the race. They want to as as long as they can. So. Yeah. Listen, Grant, we can't, uh, this is big time character by the Montreal Canadiens. You don't, uh, you know, you don't hang around the way they have for uh, 31, 32 games and do it by fluke. They're doing it with heart. They're doing it because they're progressing. They're doing it because they're getting better. They're doing it because as, as, as Marty said, they are locked in. These guys are yeah. dialed in. They want it. Uh, you, I kind of <laughs> get the feeling without being in that locker room. I kind of get the feeling that, um, this team is being pushed to make a run for the playoffs more so than we're being led to believe with all the rebuild talk. I mean, I mean it's not like they've never said that they don't want to make the playoffs, but I think there's an expectation to actually make the playoffs, right? I, I you know, that I, I just, yeah. I get the feeling they all really believe. And, and that's the message from Gordon. That's the message from Hughes. That's the message from St. Louis. Uh, having said that, I would imagine Marty St. Louis, I didn't have a chance to hear him speak tonight, but, and I don't know what he said, but I would imagine I want, he must be a little bit upset. The game was decided with five seconds left in the overtime and the most dangerous player on the ice was left unattended. I don't know, Mm -hmm. five seconds more, you're going to a shootout and you have a chance to pull it off, you know? Yeah. Not one goal where they, uh, they checked for offside earlier in that shift. They were offside blatantly offside yes and uh they almost scored i was almost yeah. hoping that they did because yeah because they they would have checked it and it would have been turned back but then but then later they they're within a hair of being offside again they score montreal challenges and they lose the challenge so it i was you know at that point in the game the way things have been going playing against minnesota for like their what one they were one in ten going into this game. Yeah, I thought it was a lost cause. So I'm still glad that they managed to pull a point to get a point out of it, and uh, and especially when they got the the power play. Then again, at the end of the third period, I figured they were done for sure. So yeah, but uh, and then who knows if they win the the shootout, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah. You never like to lose with four seconds left in overtime. It's, uh, you know, uh, it's disappointing in that regard. Yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs, by the way, took nine (laughs) in Buffalo tonight. They took nine in Buffalo after the Sabres got what absolutely annihilated from the Columbus Blue Jackets a couple of days ago. Uh, But that's a rivalry, Buffalo, Toronto, of course, because of the proximity. And they give it really give it to the Leafs. Uh, They really, really give it to the Leafs tonight, boy. Let me tell you. Funny that you you know you were talking about pools and I never picked Toronto players for a pool. Yeah, but the one I'm in this year, I took. Uh, it's a box, you know. You take yeah, of course, yeah. out of a box, and uh, I mean the only 
good team in the in the box that I took took Samsonov in was Toronto. So I took Samsonov, and he's just been horrible this year. And yeah, pulled yeah. again tonight, five goals in the, like the first period or something like that. So that goalie in Minnesota, Gustafson, he's pretty good. I like yeah. that. Yeah, but there, you know, that's the just desserts I get for taking a, uh, you know, it's karma. Uh, yeah. Taking Speaking a Toronto goalies, player and it's coming back to bite me. Speaking of goalies, Grant, I, I Montembeau made a big stop off of Erickson Eck with the game tied, but other than that, I thought he was just okay tonight. Not more than that. No, no. Well, he didn't face a pile of shots. That uh, I like. I think a, a big reason why Montreal's in the. Uh, staying in thing in the races those six defensemen they have right now that's a pretty uh somebody posted and i i commented on it today they were showing a a lineup from 2018 with hudon on the first line wow but what really impressed me was the defense they had like the top unit was alsner and petrie the second one was Jordy Ben and Joe Morrow, and wow. the third was Mete and uh, I forget who the other guy was, but or Schlemko. Now, My God! You compare the six defensemen that they have right now to what they had then; it's night and day difference, you know. And Struble again just keeps impressing. I just think that this kid—he's never like I—he's never going back to the minors. And what what are they going to do with Harris when? Uh, I think Harris is going to get sent down when when he's uh, when he's healthy to for what they call conditioning. Yeah, and uh, and that that'll only help uh, Laval, you know. Yeah, Harris and, and Jacki, that, that that should be two pretty damn good uh, AHL defensemen. You think at help. any point? You think at any point they uh, they dress seventy eleven forwards? They're not playing their fourth line anyway. Nah. Maybe you can get Matheson's minutes down a little bit, you know, because yeah. I mean, Matheson playing 26, 27 I don't, I'm not a big game. fan of 11, seven. No, I, don't I, think hear you. Defense, I don't think defensemen are either, you know? Yeah. But a lot of people aren't a fan of three goalies either. So, you know, <laughs> they don't play them all at the same time. But. Yeah, no, that's, that's true too. All right. Okay. Uh, it's now time for the accent insurance moment of the game. Accent insurance moment of the game. All right. So with the score tied at three and in overtime, they go. There's only five seconds left in overtime. And Faber finds Johansson. Johansson's along the boards. Suzuki's a little late going to him. Caden Gooley's like, well, what do I do here to try and block off the pass? Drops to his knees, tried to block it off. It goes to Kaprizov. Cole Caulfield gave him a little bit of room, wasn't on him because he's looking to go maybe the other way or just couldn't get there in time. And boom, it was a bang-bang play from Johansson to Kirill the Thrill, who for the second game in a row scores the game winner in overtime in the Minnesota Wild, who beat the Boston Bruins by a score of 4-3 in overtime a couple of nights ago, beat the Montreal Canadiens by a score of 4-3 again in overtime. And that is what superstars do. Kirill the Thrill, who had over 100 points a couple of years ago. He is a superstar. And that was our accent insurance moment of the game. All right. We my, got that out of the way. My moment of the game as the president of the Yuri Slavkovsky 
fan club was Yuri yeah. tying the game late. Uh, yeah. That, that would have been my pick, Tony. little biased, though. No, no, listen. Um, I thought about it. And if the Canadians uh, would have won the game, that probably would have been my accident insurance moment of the game. Okay. But in the end, I look, I just decided to go with the game-winning goal. But it could have been that. At one point, I thought it was going to be the save. I was watching the game, and I'm like, okay, which one is my accent insurance moment of the game? At one point, I had uh, I had um, the Faber goal. At one point, I had the Montembeau save off of Erickson Eck. At one point, I had the Slavkovsky goal. And then right at the end, I'm going to go. <laughs> I, listen, I have to admit, there's there's some bias here. I love Kirill the Thrill. I yeah. love him. I, like, he is... He is well, so. You love, you, love your, your, you love your little Russians there. You love Michkov. You love. Uh, uh, n- n- I, I never was a fan of Alexander Semen. So no, not not all of them, but uh, yes, <laughs> some of them for sure. Some of them for sure. I, I, yeah, I yeah. thought Nikita Sherback was going to have a better career than he had, but unfortunately, that didn't work out all that well. All right, no. okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to open up the phone lines at one triple eight five eight five seven four two five one triple eight five eight five. 7425. It's your chance to jump on a line. Uh, we're going to have an abbreviated sick podcast tonight. Of course, we started a little bit later. This is usually past my bedtime. I'm usually <laughs> snoring by now, but uh, we'll get to a couple of calls for sure. If you want to call in at 1 888 585 7425, 1 888 585 sick is the number. Before we can get to some calls, maybe I'll bring in a couple of questions. Um, uh, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. Um, Struble has great hockey sense, says Pierre Cloutier. Yes, he does. Jose says Harris isn't going anywhere. Okay. Harris will be packaged in a deal with a goalie, says Kukuk69. Other than that, we have... Uh, Yep, uh, Harris to go down on a conditioning stint, says Patrick. Uh, Sean says Columbus is open to trading virtually anyone. Do you give up Montreal's 2024 first for Kent Johnson? No, they're not getting rid of Johnson. I mean, no, no, they're not getting rid of him. That's part of the future. You yeah. Know? They'd be more tempted to uh, to try to trade line A or someone like that. You know. By the way, the Columbus Blue Jackets have a pretty interesting second line, eh? With uh, Voronkov and Marchenko. The Russians? Back to the Russians again? Yeah, back to the Russians, yeah. (laughs) You know, when they're they're either on or off, but when they're on. Yeah. Yeah, they're, you know. Marchenko was my sleeper in his draft year. I had him ranked 16th overall. He's looking pretty good. To like 48. And he's, I mean, he's living up to, he should have been a top 20 pick the way he's playing. He's, He's a goal scorer. Good yeah, player. he's good. Uh, yeah. Johnny Hockey woke up last game with three points. It's a, it's a good thing that he did because uh, my buddy Terry was like, I'm going to dump him in my hockey boy. I said, Terry, hold on another week. And uh, he picked up three points. All right, okay. Uh, it's now time for your calls. You call. You call. Presented by Playground. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. At playground, because when you're playing at playground, you know what you want to do if you got good cards? You call. And that's what we're doing here. You called. All right, where are we going? Hello. Who do I have uh, the uh, pleasure of speaking with? Minnesota, Tony. I have the pleasure of speaking with you. It is my honor uh, to speak with you after all these years of listening to you on the radio. And finally, uh, I get to speak to you. How are you, my friend? I am doing extremely well. Thank you very much. I was at Carrefour Angrigno in Villa Sal earlier today. As a matter of fact, I went for an eye test. And um, okay. the, 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 I, I do need glasses, but they told me that uh, my uh, eyesight for a man my age is actually above average, which was good. I was very happy to hear that. And I bumped into a gentleman as I was going to the men's room, and he looked at me, and he said, Tony Marinaro, and I said, yes. And he looked at me, and he said, you broke my heart leaving the radio station. And and I I said, I'm really sorry to hear that, and I I want to thank you for your support, but, you know, uh, I may have broke your heart, but uh, when I looked at my bank account working radio as long as I did, I was broke, so I had to do (laughs) something about it. Uh, But anyway, we joke I've, I've actually been in radio for uh, the better part of 15 years. I'm originally from New York. I worked for WFAN, so um, I worked for the Yankees flagship station. And now oh, really? I'm here in, yeah, so now I'm here in Minnesota. I work with Mike Francesa, if you know him. Yeah, of course so, I do. Um, Mike, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I was his producer for a little while, um, and now I work in Minnesota for KFAN, which is the Minnesota Wild flagship station. But I am a Montreal Canadiens fan. Uh, half of my family's from Montreal. My wow. uncle is a doctor. Yeah, I met Jean Beliveau at Cavendish Mall when I was a kid. My whole family up there is from Cote St. Luke. Oh, my amazing. Owns a, yeah, he owns a travel store near um, Fairmont Bagel called Jet Setter right there off of Dakari. So I'm talking a little uh, Montreal there with you. No, no, that's that's pretty cool. But you know what? You should leave your number with yellow so we can get a hold of you. You can put him in touch sure. with a couple of people in Minnesota, and we can get a podcast Going out of Minnesota. You see, that's exactly what I do. I give on yellow names. He opens up podcasts everywhere around North America. He makes money and I, I make nothing. But anyway, that's the story well, of my life. So the gentleman says to me, he says, the gentleman says to me, he says, just can you give me one reason why you went from radio to podcasting? I said, I can give you several, but I'll tell you this. If I could tell you that you could work three times less and make three times more, would you do it? The conversation ended. Yeah, pretty fast. He understood everything. I would, uh, 
I would do it. Yeah, and, you, and you taught me a little Italian. Felicità. Felicità. You taught me that. So Senti nell'aria c'è già la nostra canzone d'amore che va. Come un pensiero che sa di felicità. Ah, ah. Stop, you're ruining the classic. Senti nell'aria c'è già un raggio di sole più caldo che va. That's the next thing on the bucket list, by the way. I'd like to be um, opening act at the, uh, you know, the, the Bell Center would be a pretty big arena for my first uh, gig. But uh, Plastis are in front of 3,000 people. I think I could pull it off. <laughs> well, so, Tommy, what's on your mind? What do you think of the game? What do you think of the game? You know, I was I was sitting uh, 15 rows off the ice. I was sitting in the corner right where Caden Gooley lit up Kaprizov. And let me tell you something. I jumped out of my seat like I was a Price is Right contestant. That's how excited I was. That's what I want to see from my defenseman against their star player who ended up getting the winner. And we get the point in overtime, and that's great. But I loved what I saw from Caden Gooley. And now I understand why they're building from the back end. The first pass is out of the zone from Struble. And the skating from Matheson. And, 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 and the plays that uh, Gooley has been making. And you see it on the back end. You see what they're trying to do. I understand they don't generate enough offense. They, they, they didn't play uh, the third or fourth line a lot. They weren't generating a lot. And it was mostly the first line that was generating, including the power play goal uh, late. But um, I really, really liked what I saw from my defense. And, and um, um, I think that the future is bright there. I just It's, it's going to be a numbers game. So really what I wanted to ask you is, you know, and, and, and I know you were just talking about it with Grant, but you know, who's, who, who's here long, like, who's going to stay long term? Because it seems like there's going to be way too many defensemen once Lane Hudson comes up and once some of these other guys uh, come back, like Jordan Harris and Arbor Jack guy from the AHL, it seems like there's going to be too many defensemen for too few spots. What do you think? I'll tell you who's not going to be here long term. Savard. The trade deadline, by the trade deadline next year, I think there's two defensemen that are going to be gone. One is David Savard, and the other one is Jonathan Kovacevic. And I like I, I like them both, obviously, but Savard, his contract is going to be up at the end of the year. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. Kovacevic, I just, he's one of those, I think they already know what his ceiling is, and there's so many younger ones under him that they don't quite know what their ceiling is yet. Um I also think being a drafted player by the Canadians can help some defensemen. I, yeah. I just I get the feeling that they like Kovacevic because of what they have now. And but Grant, what do you think? Yeah, I agree with you that those are the two guys that are most likely to go. Yeah, uh, but they're both right defensemen. They are. They are. And now someone's going to have to, uh, you know, win a spot by then on the right side. Uh, will it be Mayu? Will it be Reinbacher? Like, I, I don't see both of them being traded this deadline, but um, I, I think the plan is to be in the, in the playoff hunt next year. So yeah, maybe they don't trade, you know, maybe they trade one, this deadline, maybe they trade the other in the off season. Um, it, but uh, or maybe early next year, 
but somebody's going to have to step up on the right side. Now, the other option would be that one of these guys slides over, right? Yeah. That's not always ideal, but certainly Harris has played. And that might be what saves them as far as, um, you know, not going down to the minors. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think Lindstrom can play too. You know, he hasn't been in the lineup for a while, but I don't, yeah. I don't really think he's any worse than Kovacevic, to be honest with you. Like, I think that there's similar ability there. So uh, Kovacevic is a little bigger maybe, but I uh, there, there's that option too. But they've got to get him in the lineup. I've, I've been surprised that they haven't sat Kovacevic a game and, and, and let Lindstrom get in there for a game or two because he's – I think he's been the spare defenseman, what, the last six or seven games or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to see them do that at some point. Get him, a, get him a game in there because I don't think, I don't think he was playing poorly at all. Uh, Kovacevic definitely has a bigger body, of course, uh, than Lindstrom, like you pointed out. Um, you know, Kovacevic was, dra- Kovacevic was drafted seventy fourth overall, and Lindstrom right. was actually drafted uh, before that. He was drafted thirty eighth overall. So, not that it yeah. makes a difference, but in no. you know. It, it, for the most part, there was scouts. He was a waiver wire pickup too, right? Yes, he was. So I mean, the it, like it, they didn't give up anything for Kovacevic. So uh, I I think that he he's fine for now, but down the road, he's just like Jake Evans. Jake Evans is fine for now. Yeah, it's funny. Like uh, you know, the last two or three weeks. I was ready to say, well, whatever with Jake Evans, but now, you know, we, we, we seem to go through that with Jake Evans the last two or three years. Say, well, we don't really need him. And then, oh, well, he's playing well. He's valuable. He's valuable. He's a good hockey player. Yeah, he's valuable. He's a good hockey player. Right now he's playing well, but ultimately Owen Beck has more upside. And when he's ready, he's replacing him in the bottom line role to start. Yes. I, I agree you with know. you 100%. Hey, my friend, if you can, call back and leave on yellow your coordinates or email me, Tony, at the sickpodcast.com because I'd like to get a hold of you at some point, all right? Will do, Tony. Again, the pleasure's all mine, and thank, thank you so you. much for taking my call tonight. I'll be in touch, okay? Take care, folks. You're very welcome. My God, is that guy polite or what? It's unbelievable. Is he polite he, or what? You can tell he's on radio, too, pretty smooth. Uh, yeah, you, he's got definitely got a radio voice, yes. Uh, okay, why don't we take uh, one or two more? Why don't we do that? Brandon, what's going on? Not much, Tony. How are you guys doing? How very, you doing very, good. very good. Very good. Very good. Entertaining game tonight in Minnesota. It was good. It was an entertaining game. It was. I wouldn't say it was good, though. I wouldn't say it was good. I'm not as happy as the last guy. Why? <laughs> uh, why? I mean, how many times did you see Bogosian cross-check Caulfield poke at Caulfield in the offensive zone. I mean, he can't get anywhere near the center of the ice. We need Jacki back in the lineup. Yeah, but, okay, I hear you, all right? So, Jacki's back in the lineup, all right? And you yeah. think Bogosian's going to stop cross-checking Caulfield because Jacki's back in the lineup. You believe that? Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. really, oh. okay. I watch. I watch a lot of the games. I watch all the games. I'm a pretty big fan. I no, no. I listen. I get. I just. I don't. I don't agree with. I, you could be right. I don't like. You know, 
Jack guy is very tough. All right. He's not Jack the giant killer. That's number one. And number two, there's only so many times you can fight in a hockey game. And number three, they're not always going to be on the ice together. And I'm going to tell you this. If Caulfield's on the ice, chances are Jack guy's not going to be on the ice. I don't think I don't think Zach Bogosian's intimidated by the presence of Arbor Jackai in the lineup either. You know? Like these NHL guys like Bogosian, he's six two, six two hundred and thirty pounds and strong and, and tough. He's not gonna not hit Gallagher because Arbor Jackai's sitting on the bench. You know? I disagree. I I really disagree. I don't think no. that Bogosian will be punching Gallagher while he's down on the ground when he knows that Jack Eye is coming back five shifts later to come at him. When you watch the games when Jack Eye was in the lineup at the beginning of the season, Caulfield's cutting to the middle. He's cutting inside the middle of the ice, inside the faceoff dots, scoring goals. Now he, he doesn't even go past the faceoff. Yeah. Hold on. You think, you think Caulfield was cutting to the inside of the ice because uh, Jack Eye was on the bench? Because Jack Eye was there. I, most of the time, Jack Eye's on the ice when Caulfield was playing. When Caulfield and Suzuki were on, Jack Eye was on the ice a lot of the time. If Jack Eye was up with the Montreal Canadiens right now, the Canadiens are putting yeah. their transition defenseman on the ice when Suzuki, Slavkowski, and Caulfield are on. They're not putting a defenseman yeah. who has the hardest time getting the puck out of his own zone of every other defenseman on the team. And was it Duomo? They're not putting a defenseman on that's going get to a, get a stupid penalty and, and, uh, and go on the PK. Jack guys got sent down. Jack guys playing 12, 12 minutes a game, and Caulfield and Suzuki are playing twenty two. And was it two of them? Yeah. Oh well, Savard's taking the same penalties Jack guys taking tonight, shoving Rossi down to the face in the first period. You know, like everyone's taking the penalties that Jack guys taking them and teaching guys a lesson. And was it two? Savard had a very good game tonight. He had two points, and he was. Uh, I thought he had a great game. The one, yeah, I, I, I thought Savard had a great game. The one thing you can't do if you really want to. It's been brought up before. I don't think it's a stupid point, but you can slot Arbor Jackye in to play wing at time to time. We've, there's other defensemen who have done it. I know a lot of people are going to say the notion's stupid. He wouldn't be the first defenseman to play on the wing on a fourth line, and he won't be the last. All right? There's been a bunch of guys who were defensemen, ended up converting and playing forward. John Scott did it. Uh, Rick Chartraud did it. We brought that up. Jimmy Roberts did it. Wendell Clark. Wendell Clark did it. You're right about that. And, um, you know, I know he's not a tough guy, but Matthew Dandino played both. Brent yeah. Burns played both. I mean, it's a bunch of guys who played defense and played wing. It's it's not, uh, you know, an unconventional thing to do. If you know how to play defense, you're going to know how to play wing on a fourth line. I don't think they need that. I think uh, they need Jack Irate as a third-pairing defenseman. I think that's exactly what he fits. He doesn't need to be a puck-moving defenseman. He's the but who are you going to take out of the lineup right now? Yeah, he's a left you, defenseman. But who are you going to take out of the lineup? You realize that... Oh, that I have a controversial opinion about that one, honestly. You're, you have a controversial I, I opinion? I can't wait to hear it. I take Struble out. You take Struble out? Hey, uh, Jaden, yeah. uh, we know you've been here for like 10, 12 games or whatever it is, and we know that you've done everything that we've asked and more. We know that you don't make any mistakes. We know that you're not on the opposite end of of of, of a highlight reel. Uh, we we know that uh, that uh, you're 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 playing the percentages, and we we know that uh, uh, the puck doesn't stay in our zone very long when you're on the ice. But but 
Brandon uh, thinks you should come out of the lineup because he wants Arbor uh, back on the team and on the ice, even though Arbor gives away the puck more, even though Arbor's more of a defensive liability, just in case, just in case something happens and Arbor decides to fight, unlike in Laval, when he went down and something happened twice in front of his eyes and he didn't want to know nothing because he was either too shell-shocked to be down or it was his way of saying, you sent me down? Okay, here you go. But is he fighting anybody down there? Is he fighting anybody? He can't fight anybody down there. Why? He can't fight anybody down there. Well, why not? They're not going to bring him back up. St. Louis clearly does not like tough players. I mean, because that is not in the lineup tonight. That makes zero sense against all of Marty's ideas of not changing the lineup after a win out of... Pizzetta's not in the lineup because he's a number 13. And Jack Guy's not in the lineup because he's a number 7. You don't realize that? Number 20. Listen to me. With all, with all, with, hold on a second. With all due respect to Pizzetta and Jack Guy, you don't yeah. realize that Pizzetta's a 13 and Jack Guy's a 7? You don't realize that? I get that. I get that. It's not about uh, so then it's not a scandal that they're out of the lineup. I mean, I I, I love Arbor Jack guy too. I think he's the coolest guy on the team. But what what are we what are we doing here? Like it's okay, okay, okay. So we'll bring it down to this. Pizzetta, you rather him out of the lineup tonight instead of Stevens instead of Armia? But what Stevens is a centerman. Stevens is a centerman. I get that, but. Evans, honestly, I think he needs to be moved back down. He's a great player, great defensively. He's great in his role. Evans has done. He's, Evans has done great. Evans has done great ever since he got promoted. He's great, but I don't see him bringing more than what he's bringing now. I, I understand, but 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 Evans playing on the second line has nothing to do with Pizzetta getting back in the lineup. No, I get that, but other players. But but, but hold on a second. Pizzetta to get back in the lineup. Do Do you get that Jaden Struble in the games that he's played? has been much better than Arbor Jacka this season in the games that he's played. Do you get that? Or yes or no? I think that's why we should trade him. We should trade who? Struble. Oh, so we're going to trade Struble because he's been so much better than Jacka. So we can get Jacka back yep. in the lineup. No, it has nothing to do with Jacka, Tony. It has to do with your philosophy, honestly. Buy low, sell high. Oh, great. So, 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 better than he is right now. So, so great. Why don't, why don't they trade Slavkovsky too then with that logic? No, well, that's different. He's the first overall draft pick. He has so much potential on top. Perfect. Okay. No problem. Okay. So you're, so you're trading Montembeau too because he's the best of the three goals. No, no. When did I say anything about that? Well, his value's never been higher. He's had a three-year deal at $3.15 million. He's 26 years old. He's the best goalie on the team. Might as well trade him then with that logic. No, he could get better. He still has years to get better. Goalies get better way later. If you think Struble is going to play ahead of Gouli, ahead of... I don't need... Hold on a second. No, no, but uh, Gouli and Matheson are first-pairing defensemen. Matheson already is, and Gouli will be going oh, forward. But so, so hold on a second. So Struble can't get better? So you don't think Struble's ceiling is higher than Jack Eyes? Not higher than a third-pairing defenseman. I don't think Struble's ceiling is higher than a third And what's Jack Eyes' ceiling? Sorry? What? No, I beg your pardon? What's Jack Eyes' ceiling? Oh, yeah. What is Jack Eyes' ceiling? Third-pairing defenseman. Okay, so great. So we, we both agreed that Struble has been five times better than Jack Eye this season in the games that they played. 
He's been much better yeah. defensively. He's been much better with his positioning. He's been much better with his decision-making. He's Mobile. been much better than his passing. He's been much better with mobility. But for you, they're both third-pairing defensemen. And the ceiling's the same. That's it. Yeah. Makes sense. Do you think okay. second-pairing defensemen? I, I, I got a goal. I'm on the verge of either having a heart attack right now, going to the kitchen and sticking a fork in my eye, or going to the laundry room and drinking a bottle of Javel. And I'm I'm just I'm contemplating right now, but in the meantime, <laughs> I, this has been fun. Thank you for doing this. Let's talk in about a month because I'm going to take about a month to recuperate, and then we'll be back. <laughs> Thank Got you. It. Thank you. That was a riveting conversation. <laughs> I, you know, there's this. Um, how many fights has Jack I been in? About four, five. How many fights did he really like? pound somebody like even the fight against Cassian the main thing that you know what got everybody was excited was that he ragdolled the guy I have not seen like there's this notion that Jack is just this fantastic heavyweight fighter that nobody I haven't seen him really beat somebody up at the NHL level I mean he's a good fighter he's got a reputation but this thought that NHL teams are intimidated by him and scared and they won't hit, you know, that Gallagher wouldn't have gotten uh cross-checked by Bogosian. I just, uh, Jaden Struble might be a better fighter than Arbor Jackai. <laughs> Struble is tough as nails and strong. Like we haven't seen him drop his gloves yet, but I don't think the NHL game has changed. You, the, the fighting's not the be all to end all, you know, it's not 1990 anymore. I don't think and, uh, I don't think I don't think Struble's a better fighter than Jacka. I how do you know? Struble Struble <laughs> hasn't dropped the gloves, but I bet you Struble can handle himself more than well enough. I I, uh, I, I, I hear you. I, I haven't seen. I, here's, I haven't here's, seen here's, here's, here's my logic. Here's my logic. You ready? Because you asked me how I know. I don't know. I'm just going to go with some sort of logic, right? Well, he's bit not as big, but I mean, yeah, but when. You know, one one it's played in the OH, one played in the OHL where there's you know he was able to fight, and the other one did not. Right, right. Yeah. You know, Struble played NCAA, so we don't know. Like you know, you yeah. get kicked out of games, right? Correct. And he yep. hasn't fought in the NHL. I think we're going to be surprised when he does because he's just he's a physical specimen. Like you saw him. When Tage Thompson tried to go to the net and he muscled him out of the way, like I've never seen Jack I do that. As big as he is, he bounces off a of Thompson there and doesn't move him out of the way. Like this kid's a freak of nature. So yeah, there you know, he hits as hard as, as Jack I does. He's more mobile than Jack I. His first pass, I don't think he's had a has he had a turnover yet? Does it in the Canadian? He's just Jose. There's no reason Jose, whatsoever to take him out of the lineup. None. Jose Levesque, La Belle Jose, one of my favorites, says, yeah. uh, "Stop crapping on Jack Eye. Like, I'm not crapping on Jack Eye whatsoever. I mean, I, I, I said what I said with all due respect. I, I think Gene Struble's been much better than Arbor Jack Eye once again with his first pass, with his hockey sense, with his vision, with his mobility." 
with his uh, taking players out of the play, with his uh, defensive awareness. Uh, not just, taking, I, I, he hasn't taken any stupid penalties. You know, yeah. like he has not, with his discipline, uh, yeah. I, just, I think he's been much better. I mean, do I yeah. want Jack? Yeah, I like Jack. I like to see him on the Canadians. And I know the fans love him. And uh, I think he's got a great personality. And I think he's super tough. And I think he has an element that the Canadians don't really have. 100%. I agree with all that. But, you know, if I'm going to tell you that I think Struble's been better for the reasons that I mentioned, that doesn't mean that I'm crapping on Jack. I, I think it means that, uh, you know, um, I really like what I'm seeing from Struble. Anyway. Right. And, and I, he was uh, a top 50 pick. Yeah. Jack I was undrafted in the OHL and that so he's supposed to be better. Like it's not like this is a, unusual that Struble's come in and outplayed Jack I. Yeah. The Jack I story is fantastic. I hope that he uh polishes up his game and gets back, you know, gets back to the NHL and he's uh he plays here and there and maybe he can play on the right side, you know. Yeah. But I also don't think the uh trying him on the wing either is a bad idea if if he can't because right now Gooley, Matheson, and Struble, you just can't play him ahead. You can't play him ahead of those three guys. They're no you, you they're, can't. they're arguably the three best defensemen on the club right now. So yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Uh, Tony, that's why Arbor has been sent to Laval, so he can become a more complete player once he comes back up. Watch out. Yeah, could very well be. But it's okay. interesting. It's interesting that uh you know they they keep a lot of players here for development and for jack guys development they chose to send them down it's it's interesting i mean you know they yeah. um the, obviously there's a reason for it I, I just think that the that the fight like how tough he is has been overblown a bit too i mean he's been in what how many fights has he been in in the nhl five can you name one where he? Well, he, well, he destroyed Cashin. I think he hit him once. Like, if it you was, go back and look at that fight, he hit him once and then he ragdolled him. Well, yeah, it was a, the, the Cassian, Cassian has, has already admitted that he was already like done. Yeah, hey, I like, understand. He came that, back but... that year and he, like, he wasn't the same guy that he was before that, you know? I thought, um, it, was a, I thought it was a pretty big statement. So he fought. Yeah, uh, but what I did he do? He punched him once. Like I don't like. I just Zach Cassian is nowhere near, and especially at the end of his career, he wasn't tough. Like he, he wasn't one of the tougher guys in the league. So I it just, I think it's been overblown, you know. And even the Rees fight, well, he, he took he, he caught Rees by surprise, and they and he again. I don't think he landed a punch. He certainly didn't land a clean punch on him. So yeah, he out wrestled him or whatever. But yeah. Uh as far as him, like uh, like old time fights where you'd see them tra trading blows, like we haven't seen it yet, even at the NHL level. So 
I mean, what what if he comes back and he, and he gets his clock clean? Then what? He fought uh, Dmitry Voronkov uh, of Columbus, who is not Jack the Giant Killer. He fought. Pat well, he's a Russian. How many Russians fight? Yeah, you know, he he's fought big. The, he fought Pat Maroon. He and fought. It was um, nothing. It was a nothing fight. Like, yeah, he fought uh, Cashin that we talked about, and uh, he fought Tanner Janot. He didn't do well in that one. He didn't do well in that one. No. And, and Tanner uh, Janot's not, you know, I, I wouldn't say that he f strikes a fear in God. He fought like, Ryan Reeves and he fought Vinny DeArnay. And the night he fought DeArnay's when, um, when he... Uh, and when his shoulder went out. Right. Yeah, his shoulder went out. Yeah. So I, I think it's been overblown a bit, to be honest with you. You know, like, it's not like he's going out there and he's just pounding all these guys and he's been in 15 fights a year. He's only what I had a half dozen fights and really the only one that you know a clear-cut victory would be the the Cassian one and so I mean it how much is that how much does that change things for a club you know and like even tonight Montreal went into Minnesota and for the first time in 12 years they got a point so you know if Jack I would have been in the lineup, would they have got two points? Nah, I don't know. All Probably right. Not. Listen, uh, I thought it was a good game. I, I thought there's a lot of positives. I thought Suzuki was good. I thought Caulfield was not bad. I thought uh, Slavkowski was very good. I thought Matheson was very good. I thought Savard was very good. I thought Evans was good. Um, who am I missing here? Uh, but this was this was a good hockey game tonight. Yeah, it was there was a real good hockey game tonight, and uh, it's going to be the Canadians versus Connor Bedard and the Chicago Blackhawks tomorrow on Friday, December twenty second. And I want to let everyone know, uh, Matt O'Hain will be in tomorrow. And then I want to let everyone know that, of course, because the National Hockey League is going to be off for several days uh, during uh, Christmas time that on the um, Monday, the 25th, Tuesday, the 26th, and Wednesday, the 27th, um, the SICK podcast will be on vacation, right? So the Montreal Canadiens, following the game versus the Blackhawks, will play the Carolina Hurricanes on Thursday, the 28th, and I'll be back for that one. So Matt O'Han, the SICK podcast tomorrow night, then there's Saturday and Sunday, which, of course, we're off. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to be off like the National Hockey League is off. And when the National Hockey League resumes on Thursday, the 28th of December, and the Canadians visit the Hurricanes in Carolina, we'll be back on again, same time, same place. For Grant McCagg, thank you very much. I very much appreciate it, Grant. Thanks, Tony. I, right, on the yeah. 28th, we're, uh, Andre Tournier is going to come on the uh, recruits draft cast. Oh, fantastic. Uh, just, you know, I mean, the, uh, the world junior coach from a couple of years ago. So we thought it was timely to get him on to talk about the tournament and uh, his memories and, and, you know, his, in, his great insight into the world junior. So we're really looking forward to that next Thursday. Grant, who do you have winning gold? Uh, I think the U.S. is just too strong this year. They're, uh, they're loaded. Their top nine's crazy good. And then I asked, laying, uh, laying on defense. I asked uh, Craig Button yesterday. I said, "Who's going to be the player of the tournament?" And he gave me a pretty good name: Cutter Gauthier. Cutter Gauthier, I think so too. Yeah, or Lane, Lane or Cutter, I think, will be the two guys that really stand out. 
We'll be watching Grant, and we'll be watching, of course, the Recruits Draftcast podcast. Uh, sign up to Recruits and Recruits.ca. Grant's publication, of course, you can sign up monthly for less than three fifty a month. It, it ends up being less than fifty dollars a year, and you have access to absolutely everything: mock drafts, player profiles, scouting reports, articles. Everything. Check him out. He's Grant McCagg. For Agnello and Sammy Thanks, and Juliana and Master Control, you're very welcome, my friend. Uh, I want to let you all know that if you like the podcast tonight, like it, share it with your friends, comment sick, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K, S-I-C-K. What do you think of me taking a bath there? It was a nice shower. I needed a cold shower, and uh, I was far away, and I got it with uh, my Naya here. Gotta love Naya. Um, and if you can leave us a five-star review on Apple, it's our way of feeling the love. So thank you very much. It's my opportunity um, to wish you all a very happy holiday season, um, a very, very Merry Christmas. I hope that um, uh, you're healthy and, uh, and, uh, and, um, and you're going to be able to enjoy it with your loved ones. So once again, thank you so much for all your support over the years, your continued support, and I'm going to need you, of course, going forward because without you, there is no me. Without you, there is no show. Without you, there is no podcast. And we're happy that you're there because there is a podcast. They're Cavallaro. I'm Marinaro. It's the Sick Podcast. Have a great night, everyone. Ciao for now. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. La Vida TV. Embrace your true nature. And Playground, your premier gaming destination.